Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, a show created to educate, encourage, and empower women to prosper in their faith and their finances. Now, here's your host, faith igniter and prosperity producer, Dr. Amy Walton. Hey, you guys, it's Dr. Amy, and I'm so excited tonight to have with me Reverend Dr. Danielle Winningham, former J.P. Morgan Chase VP, who left corporate America to pursue her dreams, and now she's teaching others how to get P-A-I-D for theirs online. And so thank you so much for joining us today. Would you be so kind and tell us a little bit about you and how you, you know, got to where you are today and help us to transition to that place? Absolutely. So like you said, most of my adult life, I've worked in corporate America. And, you know, when you come from nothing, there is this effect, I'm gonna call it the nothing effect that makes you feel like $100,000, $150,000 is a lot of money. And, you know, because I came from nothing, I thought that, you know, that six figures, you know how they teach you to get to that six figures. I thought that was a lot. Whew. And so when I realized far, far too late on my liking that a lot of my counterparts were getting paid a ton more that I was even at $150,000 a year, it made me seek something different. And that's that was about nine years ago. And so I've been on this journey building profitable, building my profitable online business and then helping others, primarily women, build their businesses online as well and making sure that they're profitable. That That's amazing. And I love something that you said, the nothing effect the nothing effect, when you come from the nothing effect. And one of the things that I um, do um, with women all the time is dealing with that poverty mindset. And you said it like a hundred K when you haven't had any money, sounds like a whole lot of money, but a hundred K is no money. It's like, it is a lot of money when you don't have any, but when you start getting money, you discovered that $100,000 is not any money. And so shifting mindset in order to discover what real wealth truly is and knowing how to move from having that nothing effect to you have the everything effect and, and under, understanding the value of of wealth and it comes from the inside out and it, oh my God, it's just so much um, in there. But one of the things that um, I really want to talk about is, is the truth about whether or not you should leave your nine to five because we're in this pandemic and so much is happening. People are wondering, do they stay? Do they go? Some people have lost their jobs and they're just trying to figure out what do I do? You know, um, is there anything that I can do if I don't like my current situation? I don't like where things are going. Do I remain stuck? You know, like you said, the everything effect. Once you've learned that you can have anything in the kingdom, you get to that point where you don't just settle for anything. I think the pandemic is proof positive that jobs are not secure, right? Right. That anything you can do for another man, you can do for yourself. There's this book called The uh, Wealthy Gardener. It's by John Sephora. And he talks about how all of us are given a plot of land, right? 
but the mass majority of us only plant about a third of that land because we spend so much time tending to somebody else's fields. So when you go to a job, that's what you're doing. You're tending to somebody else's fields and you're only getting a percentage of the harvest versus coming over here and tending to your own fields 24 hours a day, seven days a week and getting 100% of the harvest. So by all means, First of all, we all have something we can do to generate revenue to build generational wealth. And I really think that we're conditioned to work a job. However, when you reverse that and you start working those same 40, 50, 60 hours a week for yourself, you start to see change. So I think our jobs are really just our stepping stones to give us the business acumen, the discipline, and um, the knowledge that we need to come online and build our own businesses. So by all means, I think if you don't like your job, if you don't do something about it, nobody else will. Yeah. So, so for every person that's every woman that's listening and you're going to work unhappy, then this is for you. Um, you know, come out of the pandemic with a shift, make a pivot, make a change, you know, decide that after this, that we have been impacted to, to such a degree that it should make you want to do something different. Um, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. The only time that you have is right now. And so in this moment, if you are unhappy about where you are, I encourage you to make the shift. I was actually talking to someone today and I said, if you die today, would you be happy with your life at this particular moment? And they said no, because they didn't like their job. Well, I said, if you're not happy and if you died today, you would have such regret that tomorrow I encourage you to get up and do something different. You you have to. You have to. And one of the things that you said about being conditioned, because I think about when I was 18, the thought was if I go to school, get a job, get a house. They get a car, oh, like that's it. And you know, I didn't know anything different because that's what I've been taught, because that's what my family knew. So that's what I knew. So I didn't know like you could live differently, but there was something on the inside of me that was calling me to more. I went to a job, but I wasn't happy in the job. And I could see myself being a business owner, though I didn't know there were others that were business owners. And so I followed that leading on the inside of me and didn't settle for what I saw everybody else settle for. And I won't say the word settle, but what everybody else chose to do. Let me say it like that. So a lot of the conditioning is passed down from generation to generation. And people are too scared to get out or too scared to do something different because what if it doesn't work? But I always say, well, what if it does work? And we'll never know if we don't do it. But not only that, I always marvel at how women are so hesitant to get help doing the thing that they've never done. We didn't learn to ride bikes by ourselves. We had help. We didn't learn to walk or talk by ourselves. We had help. I see so many business women getting out here and either failing or failing to scale their businesses beyond $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 a year because they refuse to get the necessary help to help them understand the things they have never learned. If you don't come from an entrepreneurial family, you're not going to just automatically know how to build a profitable business, how to transition and build your business 
even as you work your job. Because, you know, you can't just up and quit your job. There has to be a transitioning. You have to prepare the ground. And so um, I, I always marvel that women just think I can do it from sheer brute strength or sheer willpower. And there's a lot of mindset shifting involved. There's yes. a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of planning involved when you want to shift from a job to building your, your own business. Um, I will say that a lot of the thought behind that or the thinking is a low level thinking. And so a lot of times the reason why women don't get help is because they're not planning to go big. They're just planning to do just enough, that just enough to, to maybe make it just enough to pay my bills for the month, just enough, you know, to be right in the same place that I'm, that I'm at, but they're not looking to do enough to leave a legacy. They're not looking to do enough to, to impact the generations, like not just your children, but your children, your children's children and your children's children's children, which requires help. So we're not talking about little, little bits of money, but we're talking about real wealth. And I think a lot of times women don't have the math that hasn't been cultivated for that level of wealth. I agree. And one thing you said, and you took it back, and I'm going to put it back out there. You said settling. And that's what it is. When you go to a job that only gives you a percentage of what you earn for them, no real freedom, no real credit, and if something happened to you tomorrow, you don't have a way to leave that job to your children. That's settling. Yes. It's not yeah. what the word said we, we are able to have. And so anytime you have less than what the word says we can have, that's a settle. That's a choice. That's a choice. And and I don't think we realize that we make the choice. You know, we like to put stuff on God. I'm not here. Well, I don't think God wanted me to have it or maybe that's not for me. When truth is you chose it. You chose where you are. You, you know, and, and even for myself, having to come to that realization was kind of hard because we often like to blame. And the only person that I really could blame for my choices was myself because God made it available to me. It's up to me whether or not I decide to take what's available. It's up to me to decide whether or not I'll do the work. And what I discovered for any woman that's listening today, the same 40 hours that you put in to go to somebody else's job, it requires the same 40 for you to put in for yours. It's mindset. It's and the let same me tell you effort. what I also discovered the math on that new 40, Woo! the return on that new 40, I'm, I went from making $150,000 a year to making $150,000 in 30 days during a launch. Yeah. And launching back to back to back. And yeah. like really finding no bottom to the revenue. And no it's in my mind that I used to this same, but let me tell you what's funny. Unfortunately, women come and they don't do that same 40. Yeah. They yeah. think work from home means run to the grocery store for everybody else. They think work from home means be available to pick up everybody else's kids, be available to handle everybody else's emergencies. And you have to have that same discipline for you. And unfortunately, a lot of people struggle. Yeah. Same discipline for themselves and for their business that they had clocking in at a job 
And I don't get it. If you could do it for somebody else, why can't you do it for yourself? You know, it, it, you know what? It, it's so many factors in that. This is, listen, this is really good tonight because even to the worth, because you feel worthy enough to go to somebody else's job and make it for them, but you don't feel worthy enough to make it for you. And so there's that deeper work that has to be done. And so for those of you that are looking and saying like, maybe coaching is not it. Coaching is where it's at because you get someone to come alongside you to help you make those shifts, to understand your value, your worth, help you make the mindset shift because it requires all of that and then some. And I'm telling you, if you will join in here, your life will never be the same. You will be saying thank you time and time again, because it's not only going to do something to for you, but it's going to do something for your bank account. And there's this uh, book I'm reading right now. It's called whatever. It, I, I think it's called uh, whatever it takes. And it talks about taking the emotions out of business decisions. Yes. At the end of the day, as women, we have to realize that your past is not your profit. Right. What you did in your past or where you come from, what's going on with you at home, ultimately has absolutely nothing to do with the price of rice in China. Mm. When's the last time you saw Walmart put stuff on sale because they were a domestic abuse survivor? When's the last time you saw Target running a, I was molested due to situations beyond my control sale? So we can't embody what happened to us on this journey and reflect it in our pricing. Your time, your intellect, your business acumen is still worth what it's worth, regardless as to how many, there's no such thing as a skeletons in my closet sale. There's no such thing as a, I went through a divorce that was traumatic sale. We've got to stop putting on the coat of our history and making that our worth because that's not our worth. Ooh, listen, I'm about to run through here because, you know, one of the things that I teach in Master Your Money Mindset is that even during the pandemic, you know, so many people wanted to put stuff on sale and I get it. I get it. But never did I go to Walmart and anything was on sale. They ran their same campaigns. Girl, no, no. They took stuff off sale. Yeah, listen, some things that were in supply and demand, you know, like toilet paper and paper towels, they're the highest that they've ever been because they understand this. They understand business and supply and demand, and they understand that these are necessities. And if people don't buy anything else right now, these are the things that they're going to purchase. And in fact, people was buying everything because people was at home. And if you was anything like me, Every other month, I was buying a new freezer. (laughs) The point that I have three, and it's only two of us. (laughs) And every other day, I was ordering, girl, girl, my pantry is so huge. I just tell my twins, girl, just come home and shop out of mama pantry. Yes. Go to the grocery store. Just bring you a cooler. Get some of this meat. Get some of this food. But, you know, if when we're smart, and to your point, Dr. Amy, when you employ coaching, when you get help, my clients will leave the pandemic more financially stable than when they came in. Because what you don't know is that crises creates millionaires. 
when things are bad. That's when millionaires are created. As a matter of fact, me and my team had something that we wanted to do. Oh, you know how you put things on the pegboard, now's not the right time, now's not the right time. But we launched in the midst of a, the pandemic, a new brand called Absentia Global. And all we do is help corporations, government entities, medical offices and schools and churches build their virtual culture. Yeah. Remote teams. You can't just get a laptop and send people to the house. They're going to start getting depressed. They're going to start to right. feel isolated. You have to be deliberate in your connection. You got to connect even more to your church body. You got to connect even more to the parents, even more to the students. And because we've been on the online nine years, we do it automatically. We've been using Zoom. Yes, yes. We've been using Zoom. They should make me the poster child because we have like 4,000 <laughs> Zoom recordings. It's crazy. But when you have coaching, coaching can help you pivot even in the worst of times. And what you're going to see is the this not only this too shall pass, but this may be the time you needed to get your business together. When's the last time you didn't have to sit in traffic? Get your business together. When's the last time you didn't have to get up two hours early to comb the kids' hair and get them to school? Get get your business together. The Lord shut us down for a reason. Yes. And while you sitting there trying to figure out what he doing in the throne room, you need to be out here executing and operating and being prepared for when COVID is over. I looked at it as a blessing. It, it's been a blessing. And, you know, the Lord told me, you know, that was a word that the Lord gave me early on. And that's what I said to people like you have to have an ear to hear so that you don't get distracted by what's going on in the world. When you're talking to the one who created the world and he said, hey, I want you to stop anything. I want you to do more of what you are already doing and don't let up. And I'm like, God, it's a pandemic. He said, I know it's a pandemic, but I told you that the spoils was going to come out of this. And if you follow the instructions, that's exactly what's going to happen because it, there was a shift and it made so many things available to you that may not have been available before because people lost their focus and people didn't know what to do. And when you're the one with the oil, when you're the one with the answer and we have a world that's in chaos, but you got the supply. Absolutely. You that's have the supply. Billionaires are born. That's how most that's how all the time. Born. That's how billionaires are created. Yeah. yeah. It's from the need. And that's what's coming out of this. And so the question becomes, are you planning to be one of them? You know, for those of you that are listening, that's the question. Are you planning to stay where you are? Or are you planning to do something different? Are you planning to be one of the millionaires or billionaires that's being birthed in this time? Because that's exactly what's taking place. And you know what, what the- Amy? One thing I love so much about our father is that he's specific in his instructions. Just watch. He said, you got to write the vision. Right. I run into so many women that don't even have an exit strategy of any sort out of their nine to five. They've not even written on a sheet of paper. Father God, I want this to be my last day. Right. Right. So they, they never write the vision. He said, ask, seek, and knock. But we never, from our mouth to God's ear, we never say, free me. Right, <laughs> right. We never, I, I was guilty. I was making $300,000 a year in my business, still going to $150,000 a year job. Do the math. Right. Scared to leave. Right. Oh, you said it. 
Fear is a terrible thing. Yeah. And never ask, scared to leave what I had at the job on the table. Never ask him to free me. I'm looking at precedence. It's unprecedented for them to package out a top performer. It's unprecedented for them to get, it's unprecedented. But there's nothing unprecedented when it comes to the most high. So once I said, let me me be free, I walked away with everything I asked him for. Amen. Amen. Unprecedented. They never said it before. But that's who he is. Yes. yes. But I had to ask. I also had to do the work. He said, faith without works is dead. He said that. So I had to do the work. I worked. I started doing this in 2011. And I left officially March 15, 2015. It took me four years, almost to the day. I could have been gone quicker had I asked, but you know, yeah. For, yeah. for another day. Yes, 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 yes. But it took me four years of doing both. Being a single mother and going through a divorce, three busy kids, building a business, and as a high-powered executive, and I had to do it all. But I knew it was short-term. I knew it was a light at the end of that tunnel. And I knew that if I just kept doing it consistently. Right. And that's what I want to teach women. It's not about doing a lot. It's about doing a little bit consistently. If you think you're just going to work your business Saturdays for eight hours a day or six hours a day, you're going to miss out a book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. If you worked your business two hours in the morning before you went and worked in somebody else's fields, seven days a week, you're going to get farther in them 14 hours than you will work in your business all day Saturday and Sunday. You just can't do it. You can't leave your business unattended no day. Mm. Yeah. So you got you to gotta start making that transition. So that's number four. And then number five, you must sow seed. I was on a panel with all women that earn seven figures and above a year. And the one thing we all consistently said is that when you want to, whatever you want to earn, you're going to invest in 10 to 20% of that to earn that number. If I want to earn a million, I'm going to spend 100 to 200,000. We spent $189,000 last year on payroll. Right, right. You got to, you got to associate. I tell people all the time, you cannot ask for more land. Ooh, and a bigger harvest. So when you say, Father God, expand my territory, guess what that means? That means you need more seeds to plant for right. a bigger harvest. You need to get more acreage because you can't plant them seeds on top of each other and expect that they grow right. You got to have a bigger irrigation system because now you got more land to water. You got to have more uh, bug control because now you got more acreage. To keep the pest out, you got to have more weed control. You got to hire people to help you come get the harvest right. out of the right. ground because you can't, you don't have forever to get the harvest out of the ground. You got to have people to help you package it and take it to market because you can't do it the same with your two hands as it grows the way that you used to. So it, you, you got to have the faith to sow the seed and the first seed you should sow is wise counsel. The Bible tells you that. Mm-hmm. Because you out there building a five or $10,000 website that don't make no money. That doesn't make sense. You're out there investing in things that don't have an ROI. 
because this person, I, I never forget, I met a lady who was spending about twelve or $1,300 a year on a funnel software, did not have not one client for the funnel, did not have not one product for the funnel. But you spending $1,300 a year and running around with this funnel t-shirt on. <laughs> and I said, so tell me how your funnel works. She said, excuse me, I said, tell me how your funnel, tell me how your funnel works. You, you got this $1,300 funnel software, how does it work? She said, I don't know. I said, exactly. Exactly. Stop buying things just because somebody else said it made them a couple of commas. What do you need? You need wise counsel because the right technology, all technology is not created equal. It's not. And that's the main reason women always ask me. The number one question they ask me is, when do I quit my job? And my answer is you quit, you quit your job when and only when your business has replaced that revenue. Right. You don't run out here. Matter of fact, I looked at my job as my angel investor because me getting paid consistently allowed me to do what? Pay other people. Right. Right. I could grow a team as long as I was getting that check. Did I have to sacrifice? We cut a lot of things out. My first year in business, we cut, I cut out the, back then, you know, it was all hair and nails and clothes. <laughs> I cut all that out because I say, Father God, I ain't going to be here that much longer. Baby, this helped me make look cute with what I already got. Right. So we made some sacrifices, but they paid off. And that goes back again to the mindset that I'm not trying to look pretty and, you know, uh, one of the things for um, me that I learned, um, we we had a financial downfall in like 2004. And that's when God began to shift me and change my mindset and began to teach me as it related to money. But, you know, he was like, you don't want to be perpetrating the front. You want that to really be you, not that you look good on the outside. And that's all that it is. And you're, you're bleeding over in your bank account. You're bleeding on the inside and all of those things. But you want to be able to get there where you can truly look good all of that, and you have no worries and concerns. And, you know, just to be honest, from what I've learned about wealth, the truly wealthy, they ain't doing all that. They don't always look like it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't look like, you know why? They don't because they look know like what, what real money is. Right, right. In your bank account, right. in your money market account, in your Roth, in your retirement account. That's what real money is. Like Jay Z said, y'all on the y'all on the ground with that money to your ear. We don't yeah. call that wealth over here. Yeah, you know. Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. That's no, big stack that's of money. The going in restaurants throwing money—that's not wealth. Mm-mm. Real wealthy people don't do that. Don't have to. Because there's nothing, there's no need to impress anybody. You know, you, you, that, that they've gotten past that point, you know, and it's learning that, you know, when you, when you got real money, you don't even got to show nobody that you got it. You guess you don't care. Yeah. You know, they say Jeff Bezos was driving an old Toyota up until a few years ago. You don't care. Yeah. And if you can't get it with your money, you won't get it. It's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother, it's a whole nother life, but it's the good life. 
because you're not tied to anything, you know, and that's that, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not in bondage because there's something that freedom feels good. And so you don't have to do the next, you do the next if you want to, but you don't have to. And right. it's being able to make those decisions and those choices, like all of those things that are so great. I mean, this has been this has been truly phenomenal. I, the last thing that I kind of want to just pick up um, with is one of the one thing that as you guys are listening that you really have to do if you're ready to transition from your nine to five to online entrepreneur is you have to stop lying to yourself mm. about the job and what the job does for you. And where the job is going to take you and how secure the job is. You you just got to stop doing it. But you know why we do that, right? Because I'm guilty. I mean, the first one to tell you, I used to talk about how much I love my job. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> where you fall in love with your captor. The mind has a way of protecting itself. Yes. So that it doesn't break. So that it allows you to continue to do the things you're doing. If at any point I would have given in to how much I really hated my job, I probably wouldn't have been able to successfully do my job. So we have these conversations about how we love our job, just really to pump ourselves up to keep going. Yes. More than anything, that's what it is. But part of it too, and I'm going to offer listeners an opportunity to get a copy of a free book. It's called the lies they tell about black women and money. It's called black girl bag. But because we've been lied to about money, we start turning that lie on ourselves. Yes. And you got to learn the one lesson that I wish for every woman in the world to learn, regardless of color, age, background, is a lesson on generating money with her own two hands. Being her own first responder, understanding that there's something, you know, something you can invent, something you can teach, something you can share, somebody you can motivate and inspire to generate the revenue that will save you. And I tell women all the time, stop giving away everything you have for free, because when the road meets the road, that same person that You've given away all your lifeboats. You've given away all your life preservers. Yes. You've given away all your floating flotation devices. <laughs> and now the ship is really sinking. Yes. Ain't nobody finna throw you no life preservers. <laughs> nobody gonna let you borrow their last boat. All their flotation devices are conveniently used. So stop drowning yourself trying to save everybody else. Don't do it. And it makes us bitter. Yes. And we like, well, what about that? We keeping a list. What about the time I say such, 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 such? The Lord is not telling you to save everybody, everybody and drown yourself. He says you're blessed to be a blessing, but you got to get your blessing before you can save the world. You have to. You have to. And I think you, you really, we really do have to understand that. And it doesn't, a lot of times people think it takes away or they say it's selfish. Actually, it really isn't. It's you loving yourself as you love your neighbor. And you can't love them good unless you love you good first. Absolutely. You know, I always say with the plane, they tell you that in an emergency, 
Um, make sure that you put on your air, your oxygen before you go try to put it on somebody else. And so as you are listening today, that's the one thing that you really have to take away. You have got to save you. And from saving you, you can try to help to save everybody else. Once, well, you, once you safe and dry on land, you know, my grandfather used to say, he said, never try to save a drowning man. He said, somebody drowning will drown you. Yes. <laughs> While you trying to save them <laughs> in their panic and a crisis, they going to drown you. Yeah. And it's true. Drowning people will pull you down. People have to want to be saved. It's nothing wrong with saving people. You can sell them the life, the, the life preserver. You can rent them right. an emergency boat. It's nothing wrong with charging a few dollars for the flotation devices. They're going to value them more when they have skin in the game. You can't want to save people more than they want to save themselves. And that used to be me. I, I wanted you to, I wanted everybody to be profitable and I wanted everybody's business to be fine. And I would go out of my way, you know, and, and you know, my excuse was, you know, the Lord told me to help do the Lord ain't told you to help all them. <laughs> That's you scared to charge them what you really worth. Oh, say that. Say so. It's true. The Lord ain't told you all the girl. We quit lying on the Lord in a minute. I'm just saying. It's so many people. The Lord told me. I think you talked about that earlier, but no. No, girl, he didn't tell you to forsake your own family to save somebody else. He did not tell <laughs> you. You just right. have to say no. <laughs> and and that's it. Like the, again, stop lying to yourself, you know, and uh, being honest with yourself about why you you really do what you do. And a lot of times we don't even realize that that's why we do it. Again, that's why you need a coach. That's why you need a mentor. That's why you need someone to help you, um, especially someone that's uh, further along than you are, because it really will save you some time. It'll save you a whole lot of stuff um, that you don't even know lie ahead of you. Um, well, I tell you, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for dropping all the nuggets that you have dropped. Um, I know you said you had a resource. So if you would tell us how to be able to get that and if you would tell us um, where we can find you at. Absolutely. Every year we celebrate uh, what we call Black Women Equal Pay Day. It's a national day that recognizes just how long within a year that African-American women have to work in order to be paid the same as their Caucasian male counterparts. And actually there's uh, Women's Equal Pay Day, there's Black Women Equal Pay Day, Native American Equal Pay Day, Hispanic and Asian. There are different times that these women based on their demographic have to work uh, in order to be paid that same amount. So if you go to www.blackwomenequalpay.com, you can download that. It's called Black Girl Bag, the lies they tell about Black women and money. So you can start to understand the truth about your abundance. Well, thank you so much for that. I tell you, it has been amazing. So if that is you today, be sure to go and grab the resource. Um, and 
Find out what it is that you need to do so that you can transition for your nine to five. If you walk away in 2020 and you don't move or you don't get unstuck, it's not because you haven't been given the opportunity. It's because you didn't decide to take the chance. And so thank you guys for tuning in so much today. It has been amazing. I look forward to talking to you guys on another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wealthy Woman Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, dramywalton.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate it if you'd simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day.